it's been kind of difficult, you know, with everything going on and trying to, you know, cope with it and practice and keep that on the forefront of your mind. But uh, it's definitely been a push, but it's nothing we can't handle. Some real talk there from wide receiver Landon Lenore of Saluki Football, coping with what's going on around him and also trying to keep a competitive edge on what might be coming for Saluki Football this fall. Very relatable for a lot of people in the athletic realm right now. Glad you're with us. My name is Connor Onion. This is the Saluki Standards Podcast. It's been a week. It's been a week in college sports. Full of some teases of what might be coming. Full of some unfortunate headlines, certainly. What we do know is this. The Board of Governors with the NCAA did meet on Tuesday, and they've decided to push off the decisions on fall championships to the individual division's president's councils. And the Division Two and Division Three have elected to cancel their fall championships. But as of 6 o'clock on Wednesday when we're recording, Division One is still on. And that means the FCS playoffs are still on the table for Saluki football. More good news. Training camp is underway for Saluki football. Men's basketball, women's basketball back working out. The volleyball returning players are back on campus working out. The, the freshmen are hoping to join them here in a couple of weeks. But those are the good things. There are some good things. There are some silver linings within the week. But we'll see what happens with the Division I championships in the next couple of weeks. But yeah, that brings us to today's show brought to you by McAllister's Deli in Carbondale, known for their genuine hospitality and their sweet tea. Our guests today, two-time All-MVFC wide receiver Landon Lenore, who you heard from just a few moments ago, and then Rachel McGuire of Saluki Volleyball. Not many know this, I think. She was the national leader, not just the Missouri Valley leader. She was the leader in all of college volleyball last year in triple doubles with 13 on the season, which was also a Saluki record for a career. She did that in just one year. So... Rachel will be with us in the middle segment of the show, and then we'll close it out with Saluki Baseball's Evan Martin, a freshman All-American in the COVID-shortened season. He was a red shirt, turned All-American in a little less than a calendar year, and he had a big summer playing in uh, a collegiate league in Missouri as well. So at this time, we'll bring in our first guest, Landon Lenore of Saluki Football. I tell you what, it's it's good to have football back, and, and Landon, it's good to talk to you. How you feeling, man? I'm feeling good. Just getting back in the swings of things and, you know, having an opportunity to go back here and play football after six months being at home in quarantine. And so that's just – I'm blessed to have that opportunity for, for you know, first. I'm curious what those first couple of days back at camp have been like. This might be a silly question, but uh, can you kind of ignore the news and just work? Or are you kind of balancing let's get our work in and also – recognize what's going on in the big picture. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I wouldn't even lie to you. It's It's been kind of difficult, you know, with everything going on and trying to, you know, cope with it and practice and keep that on the forefront of your mind. But uh, it's definitely been a push, but it's nothing we can't handle. You know, we, we've been able to get through it with the past four practices and able to still get the job done and still go out there and compete and still practice like, you know, grown men and do what we're supposed to do. Is there a sort of comfort you can at least take in being in meetings, being in practice, and, and kind of feeling like you're just doing what you'd normally do this time of year? Yeah, actually, because you just get away from the world. You just get away from what's going on right now. So that's that's the that's the joy of it when we're in there and we, we, are, we are in meetings and doing fall camp and practice. Uh, we're not too much worried about the outside and what's going on in the world. So 
that's definitely a plus that we have right now. We can take that to our advantage. Before we get a little deeper into the camp stuff, uh, I'm curious about your off season. Uh, I checked out that video on social media. You running some routes in the sand and hitting yeah. the tricep machine hard <laughs> and doing all that sort of stuff. Uh, you're looking good. What was your off season like? Where were you at when that stuff was going on? Oh uh, well, I went out to Texas. To, you know, got a little bit of work out there, and I was out there for maybe three months. So. Um, I got some good quality work out there. Learned a lot of things mentally and physically. I've grown um, bigger, stronger, faster, um, smarter. So that was a that was more so of a plus for me. And just putting it all in the tank, just, you know, it's a senior season. Just wanted to, you know, give it all I had. Don't, don't want to look back and also just put it out there to, you know, let people see, you know, because it's, it's, it's great work. And this is what I do. Uh, I love what I do. So why not share it to to people to see, you know. Who all were you working with down there? Oh man, I I've I've worked out with a lot of people actually. Um I got to throw with Dak. Um I got to run routes with Amari Cooper, which was cool. Um I had to work out with Jamal Adams. That was cool as well. Um just picking their brains and just seeing what type of person there are. Uh Zeke Elliott, that was a cool guy. Uh, a lot of guys, you know, just picking their brain and just seeing how they work, you know, that was that was one of my cool experiences, just, you know, seeing how they adapt to things. So it was cool, pretty cool. You were right in the thick of uh, the NFL offseason then with Jamal Adams and, and Dak and all that. All unexpected, all unexpected. I just went to a workout and, you know, they was up there training as well. So just got to put us in the same group and it was, it was, it was, it was definitely great to, you know, work out with those guys. What did you learn from Amari Cooper? That's a guy who's done it at a pretty high level at, at your position. Yeah, um, me just being a visual learner, just looking at him and just watching him, you know, run routes, as well as my brother as well, too, being out there with him. He, he I got to give the props to him, credit to him, because, you know, without him, I wouldn't even be with those guys. So um, just watching how he works, watching how he moves and paying, paying attention to every little detail he does. Uh, I really picked up on that just so like you know the details is very important to those guys so I try to harp on that a lot you've uh you know I haven't had a ton of interactions with you but the interactions I have had with you you've always uh, proven to be a pretty confident guy why do you think you carry yourself with a little confidence I think it's just my story it's just you know how how I've been working and you know my story with football and how I am I have no other way but to be confident in my game because you know my father always told me you know if you don't believe in yourself, who else will? So um, I try to take that into my game, try to take that into my way of life, you know, just believing in myself before anyone can. So that way I can speak it upon myself without someone speaking something on me, you know? Has that always been the case or was there a time in your life where you did have some doubts? Yeah, it's, it's definitely time I have doubts all the time. I mean, us as humans, we always have doubts, you know, through our daily life. So I think just football was is the most confident I can be because I put so much work in, in you know, time into my craft that um, it, it built up on me to have confidence because, you know, of my work ethic. So let's let's dive into the camp stuff a little bit now. You said four or five days in. Um, how would you evaluate the first four or five days for you? Good. Um, I think it was better than I expected, honestly, um, especially, like I said, with everything going on, we've been able to hit the ground rolling and, you know, still put on installs, still have the freshmen's learn the playbook, still have the defense, you know, playing good, you know, still knowing how to play 11 on 11, seven on seven, getting back to those things that, you know, you really don't think about until you're really out there on the field and doing those type of stuff. So 
that that was going well. And I like how we can, you know, practice fast and practice well, practice safe. So all those type of things did definitely play into, you know, position. What's something you've noticed about yourself physically that maybe you didn't realize you'd improved upon until you actually got out there in a, a competitive situation? Where have you improved the most physically? I would definitely say my speed, honestly. Uh, that's been something I've been trying to work on, you know, this offseason just to improve my speed and, you know, also stretching a lot makes me more flexible and doing more things that I didn't even know I could do because like I was telling one of my teammates the other day is, you know, I was telling my quarterback this actually, you know, just for him giving me the ball or just passing the ball. It's like um, the best plays come where it's unexpected. So that's, that's kind of the deal for me is where, you know, you get put in a position or you're running the go ball and, you know, the ball's in the air and you have to make a certain type of catch just because, you know, that's what the position you were in. So, that's the most thing that probably excites me is just not knowing my strengths and then they come out there on the field and it's just, it just plays, it just happens. So you're a little bit more of an improviser now. Yeah, technician. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Exciting. Mm -hmm. You mentioned your quarterback. How has your relationship with Correa Lyles evolved? Great, man. I'm Over this quarantine, over this whole little thing, ever since it happened, we've just been building, uh, watching film, um, through DV Sport, you know, we have the film and stuff like that. So he may watch something and explain it to me. I may see something and explain it to him. Um, especially when we got back out here, we was able to get, you know, some routes in and as much as we can. And the past four days of camp has been good. We've been connecting and everything is starting to become stronger. You guys ran the ball as an offense a lot last year. It was 60% yeah. run, 40% pass. I mean, for good reason. You had two 1,000-yard rushers. Uh, do you think you'll throw the ball a little bit more heading into this season? Yeah, uh, well, like you said last year, you know, we had two 1,000-yard rushers, so uh, it wasn't that easy, you know, to – I just had to accept my role for what it was, you know, just to help out the team as much as I can. I know my ability. And as far as, like, Avante as well, he knows his ability. Correa knows his ability. But, you know, it just came to a point in time where we were just rolling with things, and that's how it was. You know, we were hot. That's how we were doing things. So hopefully this year we can, you know, open it up a little bit more and just, you know, not abuse it, but, you know, take notice of, you know, what we got. We got some weapons out here. I'd assume there could be an advantage in that. You, you got to open field block a lot. Mm -hmm. How would you grade yourself as a blocker on the perimeter? A really good blocker because I actually love to block. So that's another reason why I really wasn't complaining. I've been blocking a lot actually since high school. So it's kind of been just instilled in me to block. So I like it, honestly, if we've been for real. I remember you saying something like, I'm an offensive player, but I've got a defensive mentality. <laughs> so you're not afraid to go out and smack somebody. Not at all. Oh, that's a good trait to have. But um, outside of your unit or your group, who's somebody else that's surprised you in camp so far? I have to say JT, JT, Bryce Notree, Quay Brown. Those are all guys on the defensive side, um, just to, you know, switch it up a little bit. I just see the way, you know, JT's work, all the hard work he's put in and just the type of guy he's in, the uh, type of guy he is. You know, he, he doesn't let anything slip. He's so on point with everything, little thing he does, and that actually helps me. Um, and for Bryce, you know, him putting his body back into an NFL-type linebacker and you know really capitalizing coming off a season where he broke his foot play one game so um him getting back to that and just like quay you know quay's at safety led the nation in tackles almost last year so just to come back and he's still hungry he's still the the same guy he came back and as if he didn't even get all conference so 
just seeing those guys and that that motivated me to you know do do what I have to do on the offensive side. You really are to those or uh, loyal to those defensive guys, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man, for real. Uh, what about a position battle that's caught your eye, whether in your position group or outside of your position group? What are you looking forward to as far as some of the competition in camp? Um, I have to say the running back group, man. We got we got a lot of running backs: uh, Javon, um, Jay Strong, T. Lee. Uh, Romier, and we even got a new kid. His name is Pop Robert Jones. He's a he's a nice running back as well. He had good days, like I said, four days of camp. He's had a good four days of camp, and um, I'm excited to see what's going to happen and see. I hopefully, you know, all them guys can get in the game and, and and make a play because they're so talented. You're telling me you could have nine, ten guys get a touch in a game, yeah, on and score. That's yeah. scary. Yeah, for sure. I want to ask you about your background a little bit. Just going back to the beginning of your football playing career, I mean, who was responsible for getting you into the game originally? Like getting me into football? Yeah, like why did you choose to play football? Who got you into playing the sport? I'm a, I would say my brother, just watching him. You know, when he started first playing football, he was in eighth grade. I was like in fifth grade. So I kind of started earlier. But my dad put us in football, and uh, it kind of just grew from there. He was more so the 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 talented guy off rip, like he just had it off rip. So, you know, just seeing him and seeing the things that he had accomplished early, you know, in his his career in high school, and it it was tough for him as well. But just to see how much he got through, it just gave me the confidence to go out there and do the same thing. Your brother goes to the NFL. You've had a cousin that's played in the NFL, Laquan Treadwell. I mean, was there any choice that that you were going to pursue football? I mean, being being the young guy, I, I'd assume that. You know, you almost had to go after it after those two yeah. went after it, right? I, absolutely. And uh, like I said before, uh, I was out there with Texas with them as well. Like, that was my whole group, just me, me, Lance, and Laquan, and, and Jawan, his little, Laquan's little brother. And, you know, it was just all of us. So I forgot to mention them as well. But those guys, yes, no doubt. They, they, they put my mental on the right path and, you know, to stay focused. Because I, I look at them on their level and what they're going through, even in the league, it, it gives me so much confidence to do what I have to do on a college level, collegiate level. So, yeah, big you up. You're wide receiver? Do you ever play anywhere else? Did you ever play anywhere else outside of wide receiver? Yeah, I used to play DB back in, back in the day a little bit when I was uh, younger, maybe like my freshman, sophomore year in high school. But after that, I was just like a wide receiver guru after that. One unrelated football question. I had read that you're interested in getting into maybe movie production mm -hmm. after school. What's the dream there? I really, honestly, I just, I just want to, I like, I love technology right now. Just like how everything is, you know, everything's moving fast. It's easy to pick up on. Also, I like film and I like moving. I like TV. I like, you know, breaking down stuff like that. So hopefully, you know, one day I could, you know, direct a movie or, uh, even to put together a TV show or something like that. To I'm all about I'm all about legacy. So you know those type of things excite me uh, more than anything. So having that type of thing, visual learners, things people can see, I think that'd be pretty cool. What's the genre you think you'd pursue? <laughs> I have too many. I mean, sports, comedy, uh, horror movies, everything. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to I want to see that sitcom script. Yeah, I haven't came up with one yet, but I. Once I keep once I keep going, I'll get into that. Uh, that's cool, man. I'm looking forward to seeing what you do with that. For sure. Well, I appreciate the time. And uh, like we said, hopefully we can play this season and uh, you can keep doing your thing. For sure. Thank you for having me. How about that? Maybe we'll get a chance to see Landon Lenore and some of his stuff on Netflix and Hulu in the not-too-near future. 
That was a pretty cool pursuit that he was talking about and wanting to get into the film industry. Okay, our next guest is Rachel McGuire of Saluki Volleyball. Uh, The Valley made an announcement a couple weeks ago that no non-conference games will be played for any volleyball team in the conference. So the season will start about a month later than expected for the Salukis on September 25th. That's the current start date to go right into conference play and begin the season that way. Pretty good year for Rachel and the Salukis last year when she was a junior. A nine-win improvement under first-year head coach Ed Allen. And only two seniors graduated from that team, so that upward trend looks to continue. All right, let's bring in Rachel now. It's always a good day to uh, talk to Rachel McGuire. Hi, Rachel. Hi. It's good to talk to you, too. (laughs) Before we get into some of the the new stuff and and what to expect with the fall, last year, I'm sure it had to be a blast for you. You know, you led the NCAA in triple-doubles with 13. You guys made a huge improvement as a team. How much fun did you have just, you know, (laughs) Getting to getting to do so many different things in a new system with a new staff. Yeah, no, it was it was awesome. It was so much fun. The I feel like I can speak for like all of the team when we said like it was just such a complete turnaround and like we had like so much fun playing. It was it's in the in the spring when uh, Coach Allen first came in, you know, like he gave us the guidelines that we had to like follow and um, set like his expectations, and we wanted to meet them and. Once we were, you know, improving and, you know, playing these games and actually winning <laughs> again, it felt so good. And it just kind of – everything just came together. And, um, yeah, no. So, hopefully, if we have a season again, um, we'll just take off from where we left off. <laughs> I was thinking with how well things went for you personally, too, you've got to be itching to get <laughs> back out there and do it again as a senior. But you've had this long layoff. When's the last time you've had – a layoff where you haven't played competitive volleyball for this long oh yeah oh that not for well actually my senior year I had shoulder surgery so probably then um it's tough it was definitely tough like the first week that we got back here so luckily we've been practicing um to kind of get back into the setting um and just regular skills but we've progressed and so yeah I mean it'll be really nice to actually start playing again (laughs) and um so yeah but The time that was off, it slowly comes back, I guess. Muscle memory. (laughs) What did you do to stay sharp? I mean, you kind of need – you need hitters as a setter (laughs) to be able to set to, but how can you stay sharp when you guys weren't in the gym? Yeah, so we we had – Zach gave us workouts, and um, so we would do some workouts on our own. And even if people didn't have weights, you know, you'd put a backpack on and put some, like, cans in there, some, like, water jugs. So you kind of just had to make do with what you had. I did a lot of running too, but I've also, I was, I have um, a volleyball at home and my dad used to play. So we would get together and play. And so you kind of just, I mean, you're lucky if you have someone that knows how to play. So I kind of feel bad for the people that maybe just had to do it by themselves, but (laughs) I got lucky on that part. (laughs) Was dad your outside hitter? (laughs) Yeah, he was. (laughs) And at least he knows how to pass too. So we were just peppering a little bit, you know, just trying to keep the skills going, but definitely I I even started setting we have a basketball hoop at my house and I started just you know trying to set in the hoop so you gotta just find things and kind of make a game of it <laughs> what's dad's vert looking like these days <laughs> it's it's declined a little bit but he still he still gets up there <laughs> well, yeah that's, so. that's good to that's good to have a resource like that yeah, um, definitely. <laughs> when you guys get back to playing 
six on six consistently. What do you think the the last thing or the longest thing will take to knock off some rust with as far as your skills? Oh man, um, probably just like transition work. Uh, right now we have kind of like all the separate skills that are getting put down and like corrected from the time off. And then now just like kind of putting it all together, just like the flow. Cause um, right before we left or right before spring break, before the quarantine happened, we were, you know, playing um, spring games against other teams. And um, we were, our flow was really like smooth. Like we, we were doing really well. And then it kind of, you know, it just gets interrupted. So it's going to be kind of, I feel like that's the hardest part for everyone and myself um, to get back. I've got to think you have a little bit of an advantage as a team. You do have a lot back. You have, I think, eight of your hitters back. So mm -hmm. you have a lot of familiarity with who you're going to be setting. How fast do you think you can ramp some of those things back up when it comes time to go full go? Oh, I think it'll come back even faster. It's come back within these three weeks that we've um, started practicing all together. So it's really nice, and especially because all of our – um hitters are uh, I think most of them are pretty much like a junior senior well I, I guess there's a couple that are um sophomores now but they've been here with us and so like they they know how, what to do they know how to correct themselves and so um it's kind of nice with especially with the familiarity of everyone that you kind of get back into the swing of things not it's not as bad as like teaching new people I guess <laughs> that'll come I bet because yeah <laughs> I'm freshman on this year's roster so yeah you guys are old but you're kind of not you're right <laughs> same time what do you think it's going to be like when the freshmen report and you've got this influx of nine new players trying to learn what college volleyball is all about yeah it'll definitely be more hectic um especially because you know they're kind of getting thrown into things they haven't had the gradual um like incline into um college sports usually you get a summer here and you get to take summer classes and work out for a couple months and have open gyms with all of us before you know coaches are involved and everything so and that's usually when we all kind of um kind of connect more and kind of teach them the ropes before like coach teaches them more you know so it'll definitely be um a lot for them but I'm sure they've already kind of faced like a lot of this adversity so they're I know I know they're probably expecting some tough times and I mean that's why our coach recruited them because they could probably handle it but definitely the older girls are gonna make it you know more inclusive and just like help everyone out because this is just such a <laughs> it's everything's new so <laughs> who do you think the the dominant voice will be I mean it could you know it could be a collection of people with with I think five seniors um but I mean is that you is it Emma Ballman I mean who's who's going to be the dominant voice to to do a lot of the leading this year you think yeah I mean I think all of the seniors are you know good leaders so I think and in, in these practices we've all kind of just shared our voice and everything I think that um everyone has the same goal in mind and so whether that's me Emma or Hannah or Kyra like we're all on the same page. So there's kind of, there's kind of no, no one that's like leading. I mean, like everyone's like leading in their own way, but I mean, I think I definitely can, I like to take on more of that role, especially because setters have, you know, that natural position. So you, you think about your career. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's been pretty crazy. Some of the stuff you've gone through, you, you commit to one coach, 
you play for another, then you yeah. play for another. You've been a setter, then you're a hitter, then you've been both. Yep. Now, now you're living through a pandemic. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That is so true. It has I mean, been kind of a lot. In the, the real world, once you're done with college, it's going to be easy, right? Right. Right. I've had all these life experiences up in, up in these four years, so everything I mean, will be easier. Well, hey, I hope you guys uh, get to get it in and we can do some of your games this fall and you get a full season in. Same. Yeah. Um, especially how we ended off in spring. It was just, it was looking so good. So hopefully we will get that time and get our get our flow back <laughs> well thanks so much rachel okay thank you connor <laughs> thanks to rachel for her time and we didn't really get to visit the fact that she's wicked smart some ivy leaguers in her family and she's studying for the mcats to enter medical school after she graduates from SIU. So during quarantine, that's what she was doing while the rest of us were watching Ozark and cleaning the garage 14 times. She was studying for the MCATs. So many thanks to Rachel McGuire. Uh, Evan Martin, our final guest of the day of Saluki Baseball. He got an opportunity a few weeks into the spring season to play consistently and he crushed it for Lance Rhodes and Saluki baseball turned into a freshman All-American in the COVID shortened season and this summer he remained on a tear playing for the O'Fallon Hoots in the Car Shield Collegiate League which has Collegiate League in its name but there are also some professional players in that league so he's seen some really really good pitching and still managed to to do really well here's Evan Martin well, I was telling you stats, uh, kind of hard to find, but just based on word of mouth, it sounds like you've had a, a really good summer. I think you told me you were hitting 354. How do you feel you progressed the summer at the plate? Uh, I feel really great. Yeah, I started off really hot, battling some injuries here late, just a minor hand injury. But I mean, other than that, it's just been going up there and trying to uh, keep refining my approach, you know, keep getting better. It's just great. Like I was telling you earlier, like we face guys uh, for example, we faced a lefty that's throwing 96. You don't see that very often, you know, in the season, in the spring. And, you know, it's just only going to make us all better, especially going out there and getting to play every single day versus like two or three times a week. Some high-level college guys, but also some pro players that you're playing with. What have you picked up on from some of the guys that are doing this for a living? Yeah, I mean, they just – the biggest difference is just the tools. I mean, they go out there and even if they have a bad day, you know that they're a pro baseball player. And I really like that we're getting out there and like we have guys on our team uh, that are pro ball players and it just really gives me an opportunity to just kind of sit back and watch a little bit and see where I need to take my game in order to be you know where they are. What do you think that is? What do you think that step is uh, to get to where they are? I think just more and more at bats I think you can just see how much more comfortable they are you know guys like Tate Matheny and Jake Berger even though Jake's uh, just coming back from an injury and stuff just the way that they they go up there at the plate, especially, it's just different. And uh, for me, like I just said, you know, just getting more at bats, getting more reps, and just getting as comfortable as I can against good pitching. I think that'll be the biggest thing. Your story, the first couple of years at SIU is interesting. You know, you, you redshirt as a freshman, you don't get to play. You're, you're not a starter on opening day in 2020. But then by the end of the shortened season, you're a freshman All-American. Hitting over 420. What do you think the turning point was for you and going from a red shirt not playing to being a freshman All-American? I think it's pretty similar to like I was saying about watching these pro guys in this league. Like my red shirt freshman year, or I guess the year that I actually redshirted where I didn't play, I was able to just sit back and watch and see what do they do different and what am I missing in my game? And 
it's pretty similar to the pro thing. It's just better approaches, swinging at the right pitches, hitting balls hard, not missing those pitches. I think that was just the biggest turning point, being able to sit there and watch and understand and learn the game for a whole 56-game season was huge for me. So it was more of a mental thing than a lack of physical tools or a lack of strength or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, I definitely have gotten so much stronger over the past two years, but I think the biggest thing was mental. Just knowing that I have the ability to go up there and be a good hitter is better than going up there, you know, with no confidence and stuff. Big leaguers always, I mean, you watch Mike Trout, you watch Albert Pujols, they all, they look the same. They all look like they belong there, you know. And I think that's the biggest thing. Was Pujols your guy growing up? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I remember going to a game. At, it might have been the old Bush Stadium or maybe the new one. But it seemed like every time I went to a game, he hit at least one homer. Sometimes there was one game where he hit three, I think. It was just unbelievable to watch him play. I mean, obviously, it can't be a direct correlation to what he does. He's a right-hander. You're hitting lefty. But have you stolen some stuff from Albert Pujols? Um, yeah, I mean, there's, I'm, there's a lot of things that all great hitters do pretty similar you know obviously he hits the ball a lot farther than I do and from the other side of the plate but there's definitely little things as far as like seeing the bats that he takes and what pitches he takes like you can kind of tell where he is mentally and I actually got the chance I played against his son and I went to some camps when I was younger where he would sit there and talk to us about hitting and stuff and I definitely learned a lot from him. Nobody was quite as hot as you were there toward the end you know especially those last four games of the spring season. So when the season shuts down, I mean, where's your mind at early during the shutdown once, uh, you know, you were so hot and now it's kind of quitting cold turkey? Yeah. Initially, it was just confusion and then kind of some anger. You know, it was, it kind of sucked seeing things starting to fall into place and things not turning out how I wanted them to. But at the end of the day, it wasn't really anything that I could control. So just deal with it and get ready to be even better next year. You guys got off to such a good start as a team, too. 12 and 6, you're rolling, team's rolling. How much time did you spend thinking about the what ifs of what 2020 could have been? Oh, I mean, we sit here and talk about it every day. I mean, you could ask any guy in that locker room, and every single guy would tell you that we had the ability. And I think just a different culture and mentality that kind of propelled us into a serious threat, you know, in the conference, whether that takes us to a regional or a conference championship or something but there was definitely something special going on in that locker room has that turned into conversations now that you know eligibility has been granted for some of those guys to come back have conversations started to shift toward well look we did this last year now we got another year together here's what we can do yeah you can, there's definitely just a totally different like demeanor amongst the team just when we talk to each other and stuff just a different kind of confidence maybe swagger a little bit that you know we didn't have going into the year just because you know we hadn't performed at that level yet but yeah I'm really excited I think that like I said before if hitting's mental most of baseball is pretty mental so if we're confident I think we can go out there and have a great year. You mentioned the coaching change what do you think the best thing about the change has been for you personally playing for Coach Rhodes? I think just the ability to connect a little bit more you know, I had a great relationship with Hindu, and I loved playing for him, practicing, going out there every day. I never had any issues with him, but uh, I just feel like I have a tighter connection with Coach Rhodes. I don't know if that's the age or his understanding or what it is, but yeah, I just definitely feel a lot more comfortable going out there every day just because I know he's going to have my back. Were there some nerves when the change happened on, on where you might fit in? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, the first thing that everyone thinks as soon as a new coach takes over is, are they going to clear house? Like, what's going to go on? Are we all going to be gone? But, no, Coach Rhodes was really, really understanding and really great at, you know, the biggest thing that he said is he wanted us to trust him. 
And as soon as we could trust him, he was able to trust us immediately. So I think that he came, uh, he came and kind of shut down all the negative thoughts about what was going to happen with him as a coach immediately on day one. For some guys in the lineup, it was a subtle tweak at the plate. Some guys, it was you know, a drastic change in stance. You know, we didn't get to see you play because you were redshirting as a freshman. But when, when you started working with Coach Magnifico, the new hitting coach, what did he alter about what you did? I think he, he really wanted me to uh, go back to what I did best. You know, when I got to college, I knew I was undersized. And there were times that even most of the time I was trying to make up for it, you know, over swinging and just trying to be a player that I'm not. And he really uh, nailed into my head, like, you need to take your single the other way. They're throwing that pitch out there and just being a better overall mental hitter. You know, I think the biggest thing amongst our team wasn't really mechanical or anything. It was just the mentality that, you know, every time we went up there, we were going to hit a ball hard and we were going to get a hit. So I think that was the biggest thing is just more mental focus on the things rather than mechanics. Uh, I know your mom went to SIU and got her uh, law degree. Mm -hmm. What influence did she have and where you ended up? Well, she was really good during the recruiting process. She didn't push me any sort certain way, but you know, just looking at the way that things were going to shape out. I really liked SIU. And on top of that, she had been there. So she already had a comfort with it. And, you know, that was probably one of the biggest things is making sure that she was comfortable sending me where I was going. Did she have some of her Saluki shirts still in the wardrobe? Or did she have to restock? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she had a bunch. But she, I mean, every time I come home, she's got more and more Saluki stuff, it seems like. So... I bet she loves that. But I was I was reading a little bit on, on what she's doing. It uh, sounds like she represents some people in the music industry. Yeah, yeah. She uh, she does family law, so the divorces, some of the ugly stuff, you know. And then also, like you said, the music industry type of things. Are there some perks involved with the music industry? I mean, are you? Oh, able- yeah. Yeah, it's nice getting to uh, – I, I think we got to go to Chris Brown's concert and stuff. And, like, second row and just – random artists you know there's always connections within the music industry that she has she's able to pull strings and you know get me opportunities to go see music artists that I might not get to see if I was just paying online math major right studying math. Yeah. what uh what led you down that path so actually it was baseball which is kind of ironic but uh like growing up you know I could always list off any player's batting average in the like, it was ridiculous. I was probably six or seven years old, and I could tell you Albert Pujols' batting average coming into that game and what it was after that game. And I kind of dug deeper into baseball and, like, money ball and stuff like that and realized how big statistics and analytics and research and stuff is, uh, like, data science as a whole, how it is entangled into, like, Major League Baseball and scouting and stuff. So I figured, well, if I, I have the ability to play baseball at a pretty high level, and I also have the ability to use my education in mathematics at a high level as well, and they go hand in hand. It just makes sense. So, so if you're not playing pro ball, you think you want to work in an analytical department? Yeah, I mean, that, that would definitely be uh, an option. I'm, I'm not 100% sure what I'm going to do with it yet, but as of now, I'm definitely leaning towards baseball as long as I can. You mentioned Moneyball. Uh, I mean, how much are you looking on fan graphs and stat casts and all that stuff? Are you, are you pretty into that? Uh, I mean, I don't really look on fan graphs and stat casts as much, but the one thing that I do uh, look at a lot is MLB barrel alert on Twitter. So anytime anyone hits a barrel, so call it, which is when you, you hit the ball pretty hard, uh, it'll come up on Twitter, like 
the how hard the pitch was thrown, what type of pitch, and then the exit velocity and the launch angle. And it's it's pretty impressive to see some of the numbers that these guys put up. I'm just staring at them like, wow, I have 20 miles an hour to go before I'm anywhere close to how hard Judge is hitting the ball. <laughs> so, Right. Analytics have crept into college baseball the last couple of years. I mean, you, it sounds like you have a pretty good working knowledge of how that works at the big league level. And of course you're, you're in it in the college level. I mean, what is available to you guys as far as some of the analytical tools that uh, some of the pro guys have? The good thing that, uh, that I like about our coaching staff is they don't try to over indulge us in stuff like that. So while they're behind the scenes working on like getting scattering reports and seeing what this guy's throwing in this count, this many times, this percentage, you know, they kind of give it to us, but not in a way where, you know, if you're up in the box and 98% of the time he's thrown this pitch and you're just sold out to that pitch and he throws you another pitch, you know, you're probably screwed. So they, I, they, there's a good enough balance where they let us play, but also give us information that's definitely going to help us. I could see how some of that stuff might cloud you a little bit. Well, hey, man, I appreciate your time. That's, uh, that's interesting stuff. Appreciate it, man. All right, that does it for today's show. Big thanks to Landon Lenore, Rachel McGuire, and Evan Martin for joining the program. And as always, thanks to Michael Black for his work with the social media coordination and getting this out to you. My name is Connor Onion. Until next week, thanks for listening to the Saluki Standards.